Hi, everyone. I can't wait to share with you all the interviews for our upcoming season, season four, on the Positively Joy podcast, which launches August 1st. We talk to joy-filled people, such as a singer-songwriter overcoming childhood abuse, a former minister who changed faiths to seek God more sincerely, a pastor who shows people how to read the Bible, and many others. While we're preparing for the next season, here is a popular and joyful episode from the archives of Positively Joy. I would be like really clear that there was never a time in the middle of a trial where I was just like, I am so full of joy. Hey, it's never that easy, is it? Stay tuned to hear how Gina reclaimed her joy after trauma and abuse. I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in Season 3, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15, verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Enjoy, and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here, but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. Today I want to introduce you to Gina Rolkowski. Drawing on her 18 years in recovery, coupled with her years of teaching social-emotional learning, Trauma coach Gina helps abuse survivors discover hope and joy by teaching them how to nurture a relationship with God and themselves. Gina is passionate about serving others and the power of God's unconditional love. Here's Gina. Hi, Gina. Thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Thank you for having me, Yvette. I'm super excited to have this conversation and connect with you and your listeners. Yeah. Well, you know, when I read about you and, and, and learned a little bit of the experiences that you had, I just thought, you know, I love the work that you do, the passion that you have for women, uh, the fact that you want to help them through, well, surviving a trauma and especially sexual trauma, sexual abuse mm -hmm. trauma, and how you allow them to talk to you and understand how to see a way forward through yes. that abuse. And yeah. so uh, I appreciate the work that you do. And I thought it would be great Thank to you. have you on the show because in the middle of all that, we find God and you recognize that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, yes, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Times, yes. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> so I'd love to know more about the business and everything, but let's, let's cut right to your testimony, find out a little bit more about you and your background, because, um, 
your experience has, I think, allows a special way in to uh, helping these women. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it really does. I, I really do think it makes a difference when somebody can truly say like, I really get it. Um, and that was one of the things that I really was looking for in my own journey of somebody who could really understand how different and surreal and, and all of the things that go with recovering and healing from, um, you know, childhood trauma and sexual abuse. It makes a big difference when somebody can really say like, I get it. But um, my story kind of goes back to growing up. Obviously, I was sexually abused growing up, but I didn't remember it till I was in my 40s. And um, most of my life, I was really struggling and really didn't know why. Um, And and the the normal response to a lot of people who have been abused is, you know, you just think you're crazy. And so like there was a part of me that just thought, you know, I'm crazy. But it would weigh deep down inside. I, I just couldn't believe that this was like who I am. And, and on, uh, but at the same time, I was literally basically responding using the survival mechanisms that I had to growing up. But about six, eight years old, I started having all sorts of stomach issues. And I was in another hospital for that. And then as I got older, I ended up uh, having seizures when I was 14. And they were diagnosed as epileptic seizures. Now I look back and I realize they were most likely dissociative seizures. But I ended up on all sorts of drug programs, experimental drugs. And at one point, I even had brain surgery where they drilled holes in my skull and put electrodes in my brain and hooked me up to a machine for eight weeks to see where the procedures were coming from because the plan was to cut the damaged part of my brain out, which thank God they didn't do. So thank God for that much. But at any rate... You know, after that, you know, nobody had ever really addressed the emotional side of what was going on for me. And so I struggled in and out of um, psych wards. I ended up trying to kill myself. I ended up addicted to the drugs that the doctor put the doctors put me on, um, you know, all sorts of, you know, clonopins, Xanax, then painkillers and all sorts of things. And in 2003, I tried to kill myself and I... Realized at the time I would I had grown up Catholic and my mother always told me if you were if you commit suicide you die and go to hell and I thought to myself as I was lying there after taking a bottle of pills like this could be really bad you know um, I don't I I don't think I think God is a very merciful God but I think at the time thank, I'm really grateful that I was thought that this could be my 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 forever and I called my brother and said just took a bottle of pills blah 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 and so. Um, you know, wow. I started, that's when I was first diagnosed with PTSD. And then it wasn't actually until, I guess, 2010 that I started having flashbacks of being sexually abused. And I ended up, you know, really struggling then because I thought, oh, I had given up the drugs and all in 2003. I went recovery and I thought, oh, I'm on my way. I got my master's degree, was teaching. But I ended up struggling again um, quite a bit because I had this revelation and the flashbacks and the body memories. And so um, I took some time off and that is really when God went to work for me because I really was chasing who I was in my work. I thought, oh, you know, if I'm recovered, if I have a career and I have money and I have this and I have that, like, oh, I'm really put, you know, I'm, I've made it, so to speak. I'm not a crazy person. And when I had lost all those things because I wasn't really able to work and all those different kinds of things, that's when I was really faced with going back to God because it was during the time 
gosh, it was like 2001 or so that I started to, about me like the year 2000 that I joined a, a charismatic prayer group. And I had never learned about the, really about the Bible and about God's promises. And when I joined that, um, I, I mean, I was like learning about speaking in tongues and I had started learning that Jesus, you know, that the verse in the Bible where Jesus talks about, you know, by my stripes, you were healed. And so I was just like, I'm not going to have seizures anymore. Like I'm going to believe this. And I mean, you know, and no, you know, literally, I guess it was like maybe a year later, the seizure stopped. Mm. just at not you know the doctors were like what did you do and I was like oh I prayed <laughs> and <laughs> and so you know like, and I and I and the funny thing was like when I went and recover started my recovery in 2003 I had somehow lost that everyday connection that I had with God and yeah. I just chased everything outside of that um but it was really when I was you know I, I couldn't work I was really hardly not functioning that I realized that I had to go back and spend really spending time with God. And it was, and I believe 100% that is, um, that time really helped me heal and start truly receiving God's peace and, and, and literally actually changed my brain. I believe that 100%, um, helped calm my nervous system and all that. There's actually a book called the God-shaped brain by a neuropsychiatrist. I think he is or a psychiatrist and, um, and it's an amazing book, but, you know, it was, it was really through my relationship with God and some really good, very you know, trauma informed experiential therapists that I was able to, you know, overcome all of that and really start living the life that I, I just never thought I could have. Wow. So you mentioned early when this first started happening, you, you know, you thought you were crazy. I mean, you doubted yourself. Yeah. At oh what time did you begin to trust those memories that they, that it wasn't, you weren't crazy. This actually happened. Was there, you know, what happened? Um, I would, well, I'll say this much because I had, I ended up in an, in a, in a, um, in an abusive marriage. My first marriage was abusive. And I went, when I went inpatient for treatment in two, I guess it was 2003. I thought I was there because I had been sexually abused by my ex-husband and I was having flashbacks of that. So, and one of the first things I learned in, when I was inpatient was like, I think it was one of the very first things they taught us was how thinking you're crazy is like the first is a normal response to this abnormal thing. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I, you know, wow. Like, okay. Like I didn't make this up because you really do struggle with believing that this, something so awful could happen to you. And then of course you struggle with the shame on top of that, especially having been abused growing up. Um, but I had learned to trust those memories because I had been through it before and, and I knew that they were real then. And I actually did have some of my own like teeny weeny, very small, like it's bitsy one or two memories that were just little teeny memories that I was like, wait a minute, I think I remember that. And that was odd. That wasn't appropriate, you know? Um, and so I knew, plus the fact that my life, my entire life had been a life of struggle, of addiction, of seizures. It was, it really made sense to me. You know, I almost was like relieved that there was a reason why my life had been and why my, my life, my behavior, my, my everything had been such a struggle for me because I was like, well, thank God there's a reason for this. Does, you, yeah. does, I, you know what I mean? I, I do. So much was taken from you because as as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, I mean, this is all so terrible. This should not happen to anyone. No. But I'm thinking so much was taken from you, including 
and and I don't know, you know, if your family was religious or not, but if, if oh, yeah, you know, well, they were, they were, we were Catholic. Yeah. Well, you said Catholic. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking that because so much of your memory was taken from you, you know, what did the foundation of, of learning about God and learning to have a relationship with God, was that taken from you to, in some way because you lost so much of your, of your right. history? Well, I will say this much. No. And it's funny because, I mean, I've always felt like I had this close relationship with God, even for when I was like young, you know? Um, and I mean, I would like sit underneath my big, like hundreds of years old tree and swing on my little homemade swing and just like talk to God, even as like a little girl. And so, you know, I actually thought I was going to be a nun because I was it's like, I loved God so much. And I was like, I guess all I'm going to do is be a nun, you know? Yeah. Here, here. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I also was raised Catholic, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah. then, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're a girl, yeah. you're spiritual, you go, you know, drinking. And I was just like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be a nun. But I said, <laughs> oh, thank God I didn't. But like, it, it, it's funny because when I first came out of inpatient in 2003, we had to have 50 positive affirmations that they wanted to say eyeball to eyeball five times a day for six months. And one of the ones that I came up with was I am a child of God. And I just remembered that hearing that somewhere along the line in church. And I remember at the time, and this was like 2001 or 2003 thinking, well, no, this is going to be super powerful truth for me in my life. And, and, and I, and I, instead of kind of really going back to my daily thing with God necessarily. I kind of just went, oh, no, I'm going to get a job because I didn't want to be dependent on anybody. I didn't want to like be enabled. I was like, no, I'm going to do it all myself. And I just kind of like, you know, I went to church and stuff, but I, I didn't cultivate that personal one-on-one time with God that I used to, but I thank God. I never really, I never lost that. No. Yes. Thank God for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was all I had. And I hate to say like, it's all I had. I mean, it's God, he's all powerful and all good, but it's all I had. I mean, it's the best thing you can have, but it really, I was grateful that, um, you know, I, I went into AA because of my addiction and, um, they do, you know, they practice, you know, the third step and the 11th step, which are all, you know, about God. And I used to love to like go to those meetings and lead those meetings. Um, and then somehow, you know, I went back to school, was getting my master's degree and just forgot to make time for God. Yeah, no, I mean, I, understandable. Um, so when did you, so, you know, you began, you began to, to bring these memories up and, or they became, they began to come up in you yeah. and then you, you began to realize, yeah, no, this is real. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you got help with that. So when did you decide, this is what I want to do. I want to help other women oh. <laughs> who think they're crazy, who experience the same thing that I did. Like, when did that happen? Well, I'll tell you, that wasn't an easy decision because I didn't really want to do that. I was just like, you know, I, 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 I actually hired a business coach to help me with another business that I had. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this. And she ended up being a very, you know, a very strong Christian. She is the very strong Christian woman. Um, and she turned it all around to like helping me build this relationship with God back up. And I was just like, well, where's, you know, you know, I need to get the, the business part of this. <laughs> no. And, and she was like, no, I'm telling you, God's really leading me like this way. And I was just like, oh, you know, God, you know, and I knew like I was grateful, but I was just like, come on, man, like, let's get with the. You know, and I spent a lot of time really trying to pray about what God wanted me to do, because 
I knew what I wanted to do probably wasn't going to work again. <laughs> um, and I really felt like, you know, she helped me really learn to like cultivate the relationship with God where I could hear, you know, the Holy Spirit. And I felt like God very strongly wanted me to share my story and help other women. And I was just like, oh man, no, that, that's, it's so cliche. Everybody does it. You know, I help other women because I know what it's like. And I didn't really want to be like that. But I went with it anyway, and I figured, you know, better to be obedient. I mean, right. And so the more that I've done and the more that I, you know, and it was funny that my program came to me one morning when I was praying and I just felt like God was like, like, go get your journal. And I was like, okay. And, I'm, and I literally got the outline for my program in like 20 minutes. And wow. it's like, oh, what am I going to do with this? You know, but I never... I mean, the more I worked on that and the more I spent time with God, the more I, and the more I see other people suffer, I was just like, gosh, you know, and, and what really got to me to do this was that there was nothing that I could find that included God in the journey of healing from and recovering from abuse. You know, you've got NA, you have AA, you've got, you know, adult children, alcoholics, you've got a lot of these 12 step programs that have that in there, but they don't, they deal with like the issue of addiction. They issue with sobriety. But when it comes to like recovery from abuse, there's nothing, there's no like program that includes God. I mean, I was in therapy and I was like, well, where's God? Like, yeah. I can't do this without God and I don't want to do it without God. I barely, I only can do this if I have his support. And so that was another reason why I did this because I really felt like you can't leave this element out and expect people to really overcome abuse and discover joy in a, in a way that I I know that I I personally have and I know that is is available. So that's how that came about. And when you are talking with women, obviously your services are probably available to everybody. Yes. Uh, and 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 with NA and AA, uh, they also want to help as many people as possible. Right. So so they refer to God as a higher power. They don't actually right. say the word God. Right. Uh, because they want to make sure that they are not leaving out anybody. And I and I right. understand that. But in your in in your help, you know what you do. Uh, do you say God? Do you? Oh, God, yeah, I'm a I'm I am a God Christian. Girl. God, yeah. I'm a Christian. I mean, I I I will never deny what I know to be true, just to appease others in any way, shape, or form. You know, like I've even said before to people who were concerned about that, I said, well, you know, Jesus never changed his message based on the audience. You know, he didn't go, now listen, boys, we're going to go into Samaria. So, you know, let's scale back on this. You know, Galilee is a different story. We'll get back. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I know to be true. This is what I believe. I, you know, and and the thing is, if this for some reason doesn't fit for you, that's, per, you know what I mean? That's okay. But, you know, and I don't ever, you know, part of my program is not about um, religion necessarily or what you should believe as much as it is helping you develop a close personal relationship with God, AKA Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right, right. Now, so, I know yeah. you have, so I know, you know, you've told women that, you know, you can't find joy if you don't make space for it. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't heal what you won't feel. Right. So with that in mind, how did you discover and maintain joy after experiencing so much trauma as a child and an adult? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really, 
sometimes I think it's too, like, it sounds too simple, but when you hear, you know, that verse in the Bible that says, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength there. It's like, it's not a bunch of mumbo jumbo is the only thing I could say. I think one of the greatest ways the experiences I've had of joy is the peace that I have in my heart. You know, like I have such an incredible amount of peace in my heart and my body, mind, and spirit, even in the midst of this pandemic. And, you know, and we're, we're, you know, we're now at the place where my husband might be losing his job for different reasons, you know, which is a whole nother story Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, mandates and things like that. But I'm not, I'm not worried. I, I, I think, you know, when I, and it's funny because one of the things I learned to do was soaking prayer, which was a new thing for me. And, you know, we put on the music and you basically lay with God and you just kind of soak him in, you know, there's, you know, different, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that at all, but um, the more time I spent doing that, the more all of a sudden, like my anxiety level, like decreased, like exponentially, the, you know, and the, and the other thing too, is I started, you know, this goes way back. I mean, I've been with my husband now, I think 14 years. And at the time that I wanted to get married again, I really believed I went back to God's promises about, you know, man should not be alone and blah, blah, blah. And I had worked hard on myself. And I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better husband, you know, and I think that one of the things that people don't realize is that God's promises are real that there is joy and it isn't like I wake up every morning and jump out of bed because I'm so excited because I think there's a difference between joy and excitement, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think, you know, the joy that I can feel, you know, now that I can feel and I allow myself to feel, and there's not all this anxiety, there's space for hope. There's space for joy. There's space that says, okay, maybe I don't have something that I want or need, but I can have this incredible peace in my heart and this intimate connected relationship with my husband, or I can go for a walk. And I mean, there are times when I will walk or ride my bike and I've had to stop and just like feel the breeze on my face and like look at the trees and be like, God, your world is so beautiful and you're just so majestic. And that was in one of the time, one of those difficult times of my life. But those are little times where I never felt like desperate and afraid and like, what if? And I think that those, you know, when you really think about joy, I think they're really, you know, you talk about the fruit of the spirit I saw on your website. And I was, I actually sent something very similar to my sister the other day. And I said, maybe pray to the Holy Spirit. Mm. These are his fruits. But I really think that there's an incredible amount of like hope, peace, and joy that I feel because I'm, I don't, it's not, it's not, it doesn't get kicked out, so to speak, because my anxiety level is so high. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, and and we're I, I'm in a, a study group right now. We're looking at the book of James. And the last couple of um, episodes I've done, we've talked about that, where James and Peter, actually, but in the book of James, he's talking about, you know, looking at joy through the trial. Right, right. And that and that is a hard lesson oh, it's to, a hard try to, to try to teach and try to try to live. Oh yeah. I don't and I think that like I mean I would be like really clear that there's there was never a time in the middle of a trial where I was just like, I am so full of joy, you know, like, <laughs> but like one of the things like I remember like this was a couple years ago, and I was really gung-ho, like I doing this business and all this, and I felt like God said the first three months of that year, you you just you're gonna just like spend it with me. 
like no working, no working on the business, no nothing. And I was just like, are you insane? Like what? And, and I mean, I was so mad and I was like, you know, but I, that's what I did. I mean, I would spend hours just listening to my soaking music, reading my Bible, praying, going for a walk, just like hanging out with God. And it was amazing to me because like I went to, I was in my group therapy at the time and I, and I, I still am, I still work on my own program, you know, but and they said to me, well, what are you doing? Like you just have this incredible shift. Like you don't seem worried anymore. And I was like, you know, I just feel like no matter what, it's going like it's it's going to be okay because I have God. And I and I think that was really the time when I started to realize, like, wow, wow, like I feel peaceful from just really nurturing that relationship with God, and so I think that was the joy because I started not going, Oh, if my business doesn't go on my head and this, and then I literally was just like, you know what? It's going to be okay. Like no matter what, it's going to be okay. And I think that's part of the joy that you get in the trial of knowing God is always going to be with you. Like he's never going to leave me. And he always loves me. Mm-hmm. Like God, and he actually said, I know I was praying the other day and he said to me, I want you to put in your affirmations, God loves me. And I was like, okay. And now I literally have to, I, there are times when I get, if I feel you know anxious and I get, God loves me, like God. Like he made the whole world. He made everything in the whole world, but he loves me. Yes. I mean, like how, how much more amazing, you know, can like that's just some, God loves me. Like that's so great. Just like let me get this right. Like Jesus is dad, like he loves me. Like, oh my God. Like, you know, like I know it seems goofy, but it really does help me feel safe and loved, you know, and there's never any shame. You know, that's the other thing that one of the the cause of shame is a lack of unconditional love. And if you can go to God, you're always unconditionally loved. So how can you leave God out of healing from abuse when you're dealing with not pretty much shame, right? Absolutely. So for me, I was just like, God doesn't care what I did. God doesn't care what I said. And, and I've pictured him in the you know story of the prodigal son, like literally running down the hill. Gee, oh my God, over here today. You know, and anytime I feel like, oh, I can't face him. I feel I just picture him literally running down the hill going, hey, get the fatted calf over here. We're so grateful. Like, you know, like when you can really experience that unconditional love that God has for you, like I can feel it in my body. You know what I mean? It just feels like amazing. Amen. Amen. So in that time you were spending with him, um, did he give you a scripture that you like to stand on now? Oh, oh. you know, I have a journal that's divided up into topics and scriptures (laughs) that I literally say out loud every morning. And I I had to highlight them because there were so many. I was like, I can't spend like 25 minutes on like, you know, I'm going to get this one and this one because they're not doing it out of fear. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, gosh, I, if I had to pick, I think one of my absolute favorite ones, and I think it's the ones that I have hanging back there is, you know, she is fearfully, wonderfully made. Yes. Yeah. And I, I mean, for so long, I hated myself. I was ashamed of myself. I didn't want to be a self. I didn't think I was worthy to heal. I didn't even want to relate to myself and to be like, well, no, wait a minute. Like, this is one of the things that I like to teach my you know, clients is we're not, we're going to look at what, who God says you are. Okay. 
you know, like my abusers told me, you're ugly, you're fat, you're, you'll never mount anything, you're a loser, you're, you know, dirty, you're this and the other thing. And I just stop and go, no, wait a minute. Well, what does God say about me? And I think like, that's one of my favorites is, you know, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I am a child of God. And that's, that's one of my, like, you know, I put my shoulders back and go, I'm a child of God. <laughs> right, right. I, <laughs> I don't have that. to be ashamed. I'm pretty cool. God made me. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So let's talk about your, your business, your coaching business. Mm -hmm. okay. And uh, so if someone is listening and they say, okay, I, I need this, or, you know, I, I need someone who can understand what I've been through um, and can understand my shame and help me through this. So what does the process look like for you? Well, to, to work with me, you mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing somebody, I mean, anybody could certainly follow me on Instagram or any of those, um, you know, um, what are the other one? LinkedIn and Pinterest. But, you know, they can go to my website, you know, which is um, GinaRolkowski.com, R-O-L-K-O-W-S-K-I. If you sound it out, it's really simple. So I used to teach. So I was like, Rolkowski. Um, and then you can set up a free, your free discovery call to talk with me and see, you know, if we're a good fit. Uh, and then we can, you know, go from there. And then I offer my my six months coaching program that I'll take you through um, the Bridge to Breakthroughs program. Um, and then, you know, it's basically one on one um, meeting every week um, with, you know, email support um, in between. And we work together on, you know, helping you to use the five keys of the program and really, you know, nurture that relationship with God and yourself. Um, so that you can start, you know, discovering relief and and um, live a peaceful, playful, purposeful life. Mm -hmm. And I know one of, and I'm not sure if this is one of the keys, but I know one of the topics that you talk about is transforming shame into self-worth. And we've talked about that a little right. bit today. Um, and knowing your true self as a child of God, and that right. creates a joy. We've talked about that. Um, you also talk about strategies for decreasing anxiety and fear. Yes. And I think that, I mean, and I'm not asking you to give all that away today, but I mean, sure. I, you know, I think, I think learning some is, is there, is there one that people could begin to think about as sure. they are thinking about, you know, perhaps walking down this new path? Right. Well, I'll say one of the things that I would recommend for anybody who wants to kind of decrease the anxiety. I mean, I could tell you to breathe and all that. And, and then I have my own story about breathing. I mean, they used to tell me way back when, you know, just breathe. And I'd be like, shut up. You know, I didn't want to. Breathe. I mean, I, if you told me, I just wrote, I think I wrote a blog about this or else an email I sent out to my, my list that I talked about how to me, when I heard Gina breathe, it sounded to me like, Gina, you're just a crazy person. Get it together. So for mm -hmm. me, I was like, don't tell me to breathe. Like, to this day, don't tell me to breathe. Okay. I, no, 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 no. No, I got other ways to calm my nervous system. Okay. And breathing is one of them. It's a good one. But I, I would say one of the things that it's really important to do is learn to get back into your body. There's so much stuff out there about mindset that drives me insane because mindset is not going to heal a traumatized, hypervigilant nervous system, which is basically how our nervous systems are, um, you know, they become like the default setting to be hypervigilant. So when you are in an unsafe environment for so long, your body keeps making sure you know you're not safe. And when you can really learn to get back into your body and really feel like, where is my feeling? Like one of the things a therapist told me several years ago was stop with the mindset 
And all I want you to do is get up in the morning, ask yourself, how are you feeling? And then notice where it is in your body and write it down. Give it a color, give it a shape. Where is it? Is it your muscle? It was amazing to me how much, how much of my stress I kept in my jaw. I Mm. couldn't believe like, wow, like I keep a lot of stuff in my jaw and in little teeny muscles, I started going, wow. And I ended up with the more that I did that. And I still do that to this day. The less I had these incessant obsessive thoughts, I stopped fighting with, oh, no, no, let me rephrase that in my head. What did I say? A mindset. All I did was get back in my body. And when you can calm your body, that's one of the first steps because most of the time you're living in this hypervigilant state, which you know is the anxiety. And the other thing I would say is get the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Mm. Absolutely amazing, easy, you know, not one of those overly scientific, but it's like the Bible of like healing from trauma and, and abuse and, and, you know, complex trauma and abuse, which is, you know, when you've dealt with it over and over growing up, that's when you deal with chronic complex PTSD. Um, and that's, that they would be my suggestions. Wow. Okay. Um, so let me ask you this one final question because I, and, and I think that you will have something very important to, to, to share with us, but when was there a time when you felt just the ultimate expression of God's joy when you felt it? Oh, oh gosh. Mm. I, I would have to say, you know, when I really took the time in, you know, when my when I went when I went back to really sitting with God. Because there was, I mean, and I hate to say this, but he knows the truth. Like there was not much else for me to do. Like I think he literally took everything else away and was like, you didn't get it the first time. I'm taking everything. There's no job. There's no this. But when I really started to sit with him and there was a time when I realized it, especially when I started doing my soaking prayer, like the peace that I could feel in my body and and really knowing like the shift that I felt in realizing who I really am. Like I really started writing down like Bible verses that time, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a child of God, you know, um, I'm made in God's image and likeness. And I really felt this shift. I can feel it even in my shoulders when I talk about it now where I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm really not a loser, crazy person. And I can remember just feeling just overwhelmed with like, wow. You know, and I think that was really just the realization of knowing who I really am can't be taken from me. And like that God loved me and made me. I mean, the shift I felt, I just remember feeling like I am on top. Like you you can't take this from me. Like this is not takeable. And I felt just, I mean, I think I still carry that even in my own, you know, body, you know, today can still feel like the hope and the joy that I feel of like, this isn't not, this is not negotiable. You know, this is yeah. really, um, and when I, I will say, whenever I really put on my soaking prayer and listen, and I'm not just listen, but just lay with God, there's an incredible amount of peace and, and joy that I just feel like it's going to be okay, no matter what. It's going to be okay, no matter what. And I think that that is such a strong message to end on. And, and it's, you know, it is, a, and it is an important message, and it's one that we that many people who've gone through trauma can't just hear and receive 
at right. once. There's oh, work. Yeah. There's work that has to be oh, done. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a cognitive. There's like there. You know, I always tell people there's a knowing and an experiencing. Mm-hmm. And we all know like, oh, you know, God loves me, whatever. But to like really experience it. Like if you know your husband loves you or you know your daughter or son loves you, but to really be in the moment of where you're connecting with them, like that's an experience. You know what I mean? And there's just yeah. a difference. And so it's not like, oh, I know this, therefore I should be able to implement it or experience it. You, you, you're learning something brand new. You're retraining your brain. You're retraining your body. So, you know, you don't expect somebody to watch a video on how to shoot three pointers and then be like the NBA best at it the next day and go, well, I mean, I watched a video, right? Right, right. <laughs> so it's the same thing with healing, um, you know, healing from abuse and really, you know, changing, you know, changing and trans- getting that transformation. It, it takes new learning and, and some time and some discomfort, but it's absolutely worth it. And it's more than possible. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much, Gina. I know you have some free resources for people who visit your site. Would you like to share that a little bit? Sure. Uh-huh. I have my free ebook, uh, Five Keys to Overcome Abuse and Discover Joy. Um, you can also sign up on my um, website. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you can subscribe to my weekly bite-sized breakthrough email newsletter that I send out every week. And like I said too, there's always the button to schedule a free discovery call if you um, feel called to do so. So there's a couple options to, you know, connect with me and, um, you know, find some resources. I also have my media page and resource page on my website that you can hear me on some different podcasts or read some of the articles that I published on different magazines. And and I have a blog people can look at as well. Amen. And that's GinaRolkowski.com. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you so much. I, I think that you have helped a lot of people today, or at least got some people thinking about it's time for me to take back control of my thoughts and my body. And so I yeah. thank you for that. I thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really grateful we got a chance to connect. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy today. Go to PositivelyJoy.com for inspiration, encouragement, and past episodes. Follow the podcast and review and subscribe wherever you go for podcasts. Don't forget to check out our cool merchandise with our new logo. And also, on the website, go to the Talk tab and leave us a message on what you love about Positively Joy and what you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Bye for now.